Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, welcome back to Beyond Sunday. We are back and better than ever. We are back. 20 and 22. You don't think we're better than ever? We're back. We'll see. You can be the judge of that. <laughs> hope are... this is helpful to you. We uh, do need to get back in the saddle, though. I was off a week, and you, you know. You, I kept going. No, you didn't. I didn't. Not, not with Beyond Sunday. Oh, no, no, not Beyond Sunday. You I just need kept me. preaching. You need me. I do need you. I couldn't you, do it. You're helpless without me. I couldn't me. do it without you. There's a few buttons that I know how to push that he doesn't <laughs> yet. Uh, but no, actually, I'm looking forward to the day when someone else sits down with you, and I just get to listen or watch. And Wow. Well, I'm that'll be a that, day. I'm hoping that happens. That'll be a day. Yeah, here we go. All right, so we, um, before we dive in, I don't have a joke, but Yay. just it's a good year. two minutes ago, Things you, aren't better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> you used the word whatchamacallit, yeah. which reminded me of the candy bar. Yeah. So what's your favorite candy bar? Well, actually, first, have you ever had a whatchamacallit? I don't think I have had a whatchamacallit, maybe, maybe once. Yeah, me but, too. I couldn't even uh, tell you what it is. Favorite candy bar would probably be... Snickers. Yep, that's definitely in the top three. Payday. Payday. I love paydays. Um, okay. Fifth Avenue bar is good. If you, Fifth Avenue. Mm-hmm. You, I don't know if I've ever had Baby that Baby Ruth. One. I mean, there's some that's good okay. candy. There's some good you candy like bars. nuts in I your do. candy bar. Yeah, yeah, that's becoming clear. Does Hershey Fifth with Avenue. Almonds. Hershey with almonds is good. Yeah. Does yeah. Uh, Fifth Avenue have nuts in it? Cream-filled donuts. Oh, wait. <laughs> That's not a donut. That's not a donut. Yeah, Snickers is up there. Heath yeah. Bar. I like toffee and chocolate yeah, and caramel, mm-hmm. Milky Ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that I had over the um, Halloween season was uh, 100 grand. We Our kids got a couple of those. Bar. Is what it used to be called in the old days. Really? Yeah. Yeah, 100 grand. Those are good. It's got like the crispy and mm-hmm. the caramel and chocolate. I'm in on that. Yeah. How about the all caramel, simply caramel Milky Way bars where it doesn't have the nougat, just caramel? I'm not a huge Milky Way fan. Mm, how about Fast Breaks? It's like a Reese's. They're good. That's a really good one. Yeah, that's good. Haven't had that one yeah. in a long time, though. Beyond Sunday's making us fat. Yeah, I actually <laughs> might need to lose a pound. I weighed just, myself the other day. Just from the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, all right, here we go. We... Uh, we weren't together last week, mm-hmm. but we started a new series, this mm-hmm. core value series, mm-hmm. four weeks long. We have four core values, mm-hmm. which are mm-hmm. uh, to rehearse mm-hmm. them, biblically shaped, mm-hmm. worshipful, mm-hmm. disciple making, and faith family. Right. And so those are four things that we, we talked about you know, a year and a half ago, maybe a little longer than mm-hmm. that, uh, at the elder table. And... If, I think, I don't know if you, you did talk about that a little bit in one of your sermons, but I thought it would be helpful just to mm-hmm. kind of set that, set mm-hmm. the table for, for us moving mm-hmm. forward. These were four things that, you know, when we were talking about all the things that we do and all the things that kind of are distinctive about Calvary Bible Church, you know, we have theological distinctions and all those, all those kind of things, but these values are, are things that we want to define us that, that, mm-hmm should be important to us and are important to us. And so you have the four of them. Biblically shaped and worshipful are the ones that we covered Mm -hmm. these these last two weeks. And so what we're going to do today on this episode is do our best to cover these last two sermons. Yeah, good. 
So anyway, you ready to go? I am. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, biblically shaped was the first core value. And pull my paper up here. Mm -hmm. um, coming, we came to biblically shaped. And I think in some ways it's a reaction to uh, to the current place we're in in our country and society and culture because the culture shapes shapes people, mm -hmm. their lives, their families, the way they think, etc. Um, and so we want to be a church that is shaped by the Bible, not the culture. I distinctly remember that being a part of the conversation. We're biblically shaped. Uh, we, we don't want the culture to shape this church. And so... Um, with that in mind, I think it just emphasizes how important the Bible is to us. Um, but that takes me to my first question. You said in the sermon, you said, don't be surprised if there are times when you read God's word and say, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. The question is, it's God's word for us. So shouldn't we be able to understand it? Mm -hmm. So if we're going to be biblically shaped, mm -hmm. Here's God's word, which we have a high view of. How? Why? Why are there? Why are there times? Explain that. Mm -hmm. Why? Why are there going to be times where we say, "I don't, I don't understand"? What makes yeah. it that way? Yeah, it's because it's because of the culture's influence. So uh, let's let's start there with with your early comments. So we're all being shaped by the culture. Mm -hmm. That's inevitable. It's inescapable. So one of the best things we can do through the week is just notice those areas where the culture is really shaping us, trying to shape us, mm -hmm. exerting its pressure on us in the way in which we think and feel about things in the world and the church. Uh, and as we'll get into in the next segment, uh, Lord willing, uh, one of the things it does is the culture shapes the way in which we think about going to church mm -hmm. and what happens in church. So we are... Um, we are being shaped by that culture. But but more than that, though, the default setting of the human heart because of the fall means that there are, there are times when God's word opposes what we feel to be normal or right or real for us or best for us. Mm -hmm. So that statement was, uh, was not to say that a Christian can't understand the word of God. Mm -hmm. It was meant to say, and in the context, it was saying that there are times when God's word will not read. Um, it just won't sound right to us because of, of what we feel to be truth. And so the, uh, you know, the carnal, uh, the old, the old man inside of us, mm -hmm. the old person inside of us uh, does not resonate with God's will at times. And so, uh, you know, one of the easiest ways to, to illustrate that is, is where we, you know, most of us have all had time forgetting something that someone has done to us. I mean, uh, that's really difficult for us to do. Mm -hmm. And our, our humanness and the way our hearts are bent, it's easier for us to keep a hold on that and to hold a grudge or at least to keep it in our thoughts and to bring it up every once in a while. So it's just human. Yeah. That's That's an example of it's hard for us to understand when God says, forgive okay. 70 times seven yeah that's a lot of times to forgive that's mm -hmm. an example yeah so when it's hard for us to it's god's word's going to be hard for us to understand 
uh, not mentally as in logically, but it's, it just doesn't set well with, you know, our, our current thoughts or what we've right. maybe been shaped by in other ways. Yeah. And the genera in the, in the generations that are coming up now, the, the younger Christians that are trying to read scripture, remember that the culture, the influence of the culture is so strong that, that, for us to hold to a doctrine of judgment on sin, period, mm-hmm. is offensive to this the, the modern sensibilities of this day. Yeah. That's another example of, of, a, of a young Christian reading the Bible and saying, is that really what we're supposed to do? Um, we're, are, are we supposed to believe that this is true? Mm-hmm. So it's certainly not, uh, it, it's very different from... Uh, you know, the morality issue itself in our world is so different from what scripture says. Yeah. How do you read that? Mm-hmm. That's part of it. That's another example of some people want to understand it. Yeah. So in your opinion, what are some of the stronger shaping influences or forces in our lives? What are those things that in your estimation, they shape people? Well, one of the, uh, you know, one of the values of living in Canada for 12 years was that was a very unique look at America mm-hmm. to be just across the border, but to, to be, to, to live amongst Canadians mm-hmm. and to hear and, and, and to hear and read and watch uh, impressions about American life and mm-hmm. American mentality mm-hmm. was a, a very interesting time period for us. So I would say that being an American is one mm-hmm. of those things that is so powerful. And again, we'll get to it in the next segment when it comes to the worshipful part. Mm-hmm. Americans go to church differently yeah. than other places in the world. Yeah. it's And you know, I think that's a really interesting point because it's so much of who we are that we don't even know it's who no, we are. No. Like like a fish recognizing that it's in water. Yeah, It doesn't recognize it because it's all it's ever no. known. I've never lived outside of the country. Yeah. Uh, for that period of time or any period of time, yeah. really. Yeah. So it's, that's a unique perspective. Uh, all things American to me are just the it's way normal. life is. It's just normal. It yeah. is normal. The individualism is one of the things that we talk about a lot in church because mm-hmm. it does, it does affect the way in which we follow Christ and the way in which we function in a faith family. Hmm. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. It's a good answer. Uh, what came to my mind, uh, you know, being student ministry all those years is and really seeing it shift is the amount of digital media that kids are taking mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. and uh, a stat that I can't remember the stat, but I remember a visual, the amount of digital screen or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. Um, discipling time that they're having is yeah. the size of a basketball yeah. in the course of a year. Yeah. And comparatively, the amount of religious or spiritual yeah. influence they have, which includes everything yeah. from church to personal sure. time is the size of a tennis ball. Yeah. So you just think of the enormous, yeah. the, yeah. the, the, the con- contrast, the, the difference yeah. between yeah. those, those two and the amount of time, it's yeah. pretty stark. And so you just naturally, yeah. that's going to be an influence. Yeah. So in the way in which, so in that case, the way in which we take in data mm-hmm. has been changed dramatically and that affects the way in which we are disciples. And also another one would be consumerism. That would be another uh, real big issue that we, uh, it's just a part of who we are. So I think for Beyond Sunday, one of the things that we can do as far as being a biblically shaped people mm-hmm. um, is that we are aware 
of mm-hmm. the water that we're swimming in. Yeah. Or like you would say, the air that we breathe. Yeah. The more that we can be aware of it, mm-hmm. the more that we can at least recognize it at first. If I recognize how much yeah. you know media is influencing mm-hmm. me or has the potential to, that's you know a good first step in, in the battle. It is. And I don't know what else is, is on your sheet here for this particular Titus passage, but at least you know through a week, uh, verse 12, training us, you know, the grace of God has appeared, training us to renounce certain things. So I mm-hmm. think I think what's happening during the week, hopefully, is that the grace of God through the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God is uh, little by little transforming us away from uh, the cultural aspect of our lives that are not Christ-like. Mm-hmm. I think that's what uh, that's what we hope is happening with the training process is that we're in tune to what the grace of God is doing. And, and as that supernatural power works in us, we're working with that, mm-hmm. responding to Christ and his mm-hmm. spirit, you know, gladly submitting to the molding process. Yeah. Getting in Christian shape. So that less and less of the culture is driving who we are. Mm-hmm. Well, especially those parts that are anti-Christian. Yeah. Opposed to the will of God. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's that's really good. Um, so I do. I have a, another uh-huh. question about this this sure. passage mm-hmm. uh, that that came in, and it it's a little disconnected from what we've talked about already. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting. Um, in verse fifteen, mm-hmm. Titus two fifteen reads: "Declare these mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. exhort and rebuke with all authority. Mm-hmm. Let no one disregard you." Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you saying. Uh, kind of making a point of that towards the end of the service. And so the question is, does everyone, I think you said everyone in the faith family, you said to them, don't, don't let people disregard you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. rebuke, yeah. exhort yeah. Um, with all authority. Yeah. Does everyone in the faith family have the authority to exhort and rebuke, or is this just a command to Timothy right. or elders? That's a good question. And so the reason why I phrased it the way I did is because of, all of the one another's that mm-hmm. the scriptures gives all of us. So w- one of the ways that you read Titus 2, 15 is to say, well, yes, uh, the the first audience there is Titus, mm-hmm. who is a church leader, who has the authority as a shepherd uh, to shepherd the flock. Mm-hmm. But the rest of scripture also would say, encourage one another, same word. So it's the same as what? As the exhort word. Oh, okay. So, and then uh, you'll have other places in which may come up on this coming, uh, not this coming Sunday, but the next. Uh, there are times when a Christian has to rebuke another Christian mm-hmm. because their lifestyle is not, is not what it should be. Mm-hmm. So there a couple of, there's two tiers of authority that go on in a text like this. One is the, you know, the ordained shepherds. The other is your... Uh, you're authorized by God to help other people grow. Mm-hmm. You're, you're building up the body with your gift or just uh, with your presence. And so I would say that uh, all of those one another's, and there's 20 plus of them, they're all for us to do. So what if someone rebukes me mm-hmm. and doesn't stop? Yeah. And I don't necessarily see eye to eye with them. And I, you know, I, it's, I don't, remember every single detail of these messages, but I would guarantee sure. that if you go back, there would be just a snippet where I said, and 
there are other scriptures, Matthew 18, mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 5, mm-hmm. 2 Thessalonians 3. I mm-hmm. bet I just quoted myself. Yeah. So I, I did address that and say, you know, if you are talking to a believer trying to help them grow and they disregard you, they ignore you, that's a time to put those scriptures into practice. Gotcha. Yeah, which are they're very specific scriptures. Yeah. We've covered them in the Welcome to the Faith family class a lot. So I can think of a time... And this is a, a little bit on the flip side mm-hmm. where I was, I will call it rebuked, you know, by a parishioner. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think that I was necessarily wrong in what I was mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. He took offense to something that I said mm-hmm. in a position I had. Mm-hmm. And he came at me pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And you were brought into the equation. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't need to get into specifics. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember or not. Yeah. It probably doesn't matter. But, you know. Does, does he just keep coming after me because I'm disregarding him? I'm not actually agreeing with him because it was a non-biblical issue. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, yeah. I, like, my thing about the fear is you take a passage like this and someone says, "Well, I'm not going to let them disregard me, so right. I'm just going to keep coming, coming, and coming." Yeah. Well, the, the, but you did say that it's not; it wasn't a biblical issue. Yeah. So at some point, uh, people have to they have to differentiate between sins and non-sins, yeah. which I've said for years. Make sure if you're going to tackle somebody, make sure that there's a sin involved, not just, you know, they, they mm-hmm. hurt your feelings or I mean, they may have sinned or not hurting your feelings. Yeah. They may have been inten- unintentional or not. I, I don't know. It's just, that's a big difference. Yeah, it if, is. If we're talking about a sin issue and it's a clear, the Bible is clear on how to approach an elder yep. about a sin. It is. And it can't be with one Right. One issue. It has mm-hmm. to be others. Mm-hmm. It has there has to be another witness. So the scriptures is clear on how to handle that. And so for that scenario, uh, the person has to has to realize I said my piece. It has to now be let go. Yeah, and I think in in practical circumstances, you, there has to be a a little bit of give and take. There has to be wisdom exercised mm-hmm. where both parties are quick to listen. So yeah. I don't want to just disregard someone right. because I think they're right. a lunatic. Right. And uh, and they they need to then after they've said their piece, yeah. if there is some dialogue back and forth, be ready to listen to and and then, you know, obviously have a good heart about it. And um, I think that was a good yeah, a good yeah. lesson for me. Just what, to stay humble. And yeah, no matter right. what, whether you're the one who's approaching, I think there's a humility that ought to be present. And if I'm being approached there ought to be a humility that ought to be present too. What you're hoping is that in a faith family, you have two people that are being led by the Spirit of God and they're going to respond well. That's not always the case, but that's what you're hoping for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good. All right, that's helpful. Good. On to worshipful. Okay. Uh, sermon number two. We were in Psalm 63. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been at it for a little while here, but I only have one question for you and you can comment, yeah. add whatever you want. Uh, the question with worshipful is how can we be a worshipful people outside of church beyond Sunday, if you will. And I think where that's coming from is Mm -hmm. so often a worship service and church on Sunday is viewed as Mm -hmm. worship and singing time Mm -hmm. is viewed as the worship. And we, I think we've been intentional about trying to re retrain ourselves to not just think about, those times of singing mm-hmm. being as the only worship mm-hmm. we worship in other ways as well yeah. during the service. Yeah. So the whole thing is a worship service, but even outside of that, how can we live lives of worship? We, 
you know, we use the phrase, we offer him all that we are, which includes every aspect of our mm-hmm. life because of all that he is. So what's being a worshipful people look like? Why is that a value for us? And then what's it look like even outside of us here as a body? So uh, one of the things you might think about through the week is, could you, what aspects of a worship service can you reproduce in your life? And I learned that from some, from a friend of mine several weeks ago, and I had never thought about worship services uh, mirroring mm-hmm. personal devotions. Yeah. I had never thought of that before. So I would say, following my friend, I would say, what, how in your week can you reproduce the aspects of worship? And, uh, you know, a dear mentor of mine, uh, boy, he, he has all through his lifetime, he has used hymns, spiritual songs as yeah. a part of his journey personally. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I have, I have done that a lot, but not to the level that he has. So I would say, try to reproduce the aspects of the elements of worship. Singing throughout your week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Try to reproduce them in your own personal life mm-hmm. and, um, and see if that's a, a new angle. But, but beyond that, I would say that all needs to be bathed in the heart of Psalm 63 was, if you want to worship God through the week, then where are you displaying a thirst for God uh, in your life? At, at work, uh, you know, uh, all, of the, all of the aspects of your work, your, your week, just keep monitoring this thirst for God. And that would be, you know, to me, then that's the most important foundation you can have for any type of attempt to, mm-hmm. for any attempt to worship God, can it, can it be fueled by a thirst for him mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, I'm having, I, I need to get my devotions done today. But what about a thirst for God so that any of the elements of worship are, um, yeah, that's what I would say. That's good. Yeah. Two quick thoughts. One, I, I think it's a really interesting way to think about our week, uh, like a six-day worship service. Mm. Uh, so where can I in, include times of singing or songs? Is it, yeah. you know, and not just mindlessly or for entertainment purposes, yeah. like listening to the radio, but for genuine mindful you know reflection on who god is and and then even times of study and yeah. uh, desire to be at his word and it how it yeah. affects my my day-to-day walk yeah um just learning and growing and then two you mentioned the thirst um i'm, I'm thinking of that slide which made me chuckle because that guy looked really pretty in good shape for a guy who's mm-hmm. you know laying on the yeah. floor maybe like his hair looked pretty nice yeah. um but we uh it it stuck with me anyway and i just think of the level of thirst that that you have has has got a it it's going to show itself or manufacture itself in your your life so if you're if you're really thirsty you're going to sing louder you know you're going to you're going to spend that yeah. that time because the thir- the quench it it needs to be quenched and um, and it and it changes the it does change the intensity mm-hmm. with which you approach God. Mm-hmm. I I approach God differently, uh, depending on how thirsty I am for Him. Yeah, that's good. Um, 
Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said there. I, I really like how that psalm opens up. Oh, God, you are my God. Mm. It reminded me of Psalm 23, too. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lord, like, yeah, Lord my is shepherd. my shepherd. Mm-hmm. And just that confident, bold assertion, the aligning with him mm-hmm. and the the pride, too, you know, yeah. that the good sense of pride, like he's my God. Yeah. Um, and, and what that produces. Yeah. How that produces worship. Yeah. And if you're if you're able to say with the psalmist this week, you are my God. Uh, that means you you have an opportunity to keep assessing that. You know, we talked about it from the quote from Hayferman on Sunday about, uh, you know, the Jesus and, you know, I would be happy if I had Jesus and. Mm-hmm. And so that's a that's a way through the week to continue to assess uh, your thirst for God. Is he your God? Is he my God? Well, yes, he is. But there's always the tendency to have a Jesus and mentality. Lord, I'd be much more joyful if if I had you and. And mm-hmm. so it's that and part that I think we want to continue through this life, through this week, to let go of that more and more so that Jesus is enough. Mm-hmm. And when he's enough, he gets he gets he's worshiped. He gets that. all the praise. Yeah. He gets all the thanks, all the gratitude, all the glory. Mm-hmm. And I, on the other hand, get this rock solid sense of joy and happiness that yeah. I cannot get with the Jesus and mentality because that stuff is just so up and down. Yeah. No, I think that's that's really good. Okay. Anything else to add on nothing. worshipful? Nothing. All right. I have nothing. So <laughs> You're done. You're empty. Tank's empty. All right, Calvary Bible Church. Thanks for uh, for spending the time with us. Please, uh, I'd encourage you to send those questions in. We love having them, just engaging in that kind of way. Again, I think it changes the way you listen to a sermon, too, mm-hmm. when you are actively listening, knowing that, hey, I've got a question, and mm. it can be answered, at least to the best of our feeble attempts. Yep. So uh, keep them coming and hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you. I won't be here on Sunday. Randy, you'll see you on Sunday. I'm on a retreat with young adults. So it should be good. All right. Love you guys. See you. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.